Okay, so um, yeah, today I just want to share with you about the cross and about the sacrifice that Jesus brought for the forgiveness of our sins. Recently I had the thought that as as real as the cross and, you know, like who Jesus is and what he did for us is to us, um, is the level of, of freedom that we will walk in. So as as real as the the price that he paid for us um, and his resurrection is to us is the level of freedom that we will walk in so uh it's so powerful when we when we look at the word and we understand that what Jesus did is the grounds of our forgiveness so so the forgiveness we receive from God is based not on just a decision God makes, even though it was a decision for Him to send Jesus, but it is, it's actually a, a legal transaction that took place. So um, there, there is a law, and the law demanded righteousness, and no one could bring the righteousness, and so a sacrifice was needed. And so Jesus came as that sacrifice for our sins. He carried the cross and he he died so that we can live. So that's the uh, the power of this word. I mean, all over the through the word recently, I've been just looking for where it actually speaks about what Jesus came to do on the cross and how it connects to each other. So um, I'm starting more and more to understand that the redemption, the freedom from sin, the forgiveness, the healing, the um, salvation is the, it's very, very strongly connected with the actual Thing that Jesus came to do so um, it's the salvation the forgiveness the the freedom from sin is is not a um, like a pie in the sky concept it is actually the person of Christ the um, the son of the living God God himself hanging on a cross um, laying down his life for us and the thing is, is that truth needs to be so real to us. Because the more real that is to us, everything else is put into context. Um, recently I was listening to a message um, where um, Gerrit uh, Robler was teaching about how, um, how if, basically what it comes down to is if the, blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus doesn't weigh more in our hearts and our minds than our sin, um, then we will never get into freedom. So freedom is found in faith in the sacrifice of Jesus. And so there are so many places in the Word where it actually may, it refers to the cross. It refers to him laying down his life. So I've just been going through the word and 
and marking the areas where it speaks about about that. So I want to read a few of them. So in um, 1 Peter 1 verse 18, he says, You must know that you were redeemed from the useless way of living, inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb without blemish and spot. You see, directly, the redemption from the useless way of living is because of the blood of Christ. And that's so powerful. So, um, it says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness uh, into His marvelous light. So again, you are God's purchased people. We are purchased with His blood. So um, for, like if you go to Hebrews 9, it's, it speaks about the, um, the tabernacle and it speaks about the whole sort of system of worship that they had in the Old Testament, Hebrews 9 and 10. And um, I wonder if 8 also touches on it. It speaks about... Um, yeah, the tabernacle. So um, there, there was a natural tabernacle, which was the um, the place where um, where the sacrifices were brought. It was the place where the ark of the covenant was kept. Um, you had the ark, and on top of it was the mercy seat, and you had the cherubim of uh, glory, sort of overshadowing it. And it was in that place where uh, the blood. Uh, where the blood for for the sacrifices was brought, and so that that was a whole system that spoke about a um, a system which is Christ. Uh, well, let, let's say not which is Christ, <laughs> um, a system which is the um, the real thing. So, like that was an earthly thing, but there is a heavenly holy of holies there is a heavenly holy place and that heavenly holy place re um, requires greater sacrifices than um, what there was in the old and in fact jesus went in with his own blood into into the heavenly holy of holies not the earthly picture that they had with with um, the veil that separated the outer court and the inner court or the outer or the holy of holies and the most holy place, not the outer and inner court. Um, but like the, that separation, you know, that veil which was there was literally torn in two when Jesus um, died on the cross. And so, so that all speaks about what's happening in the spirit. It says here in Hebrews 9 verse 12, it says, uh, you know what happened in the spirit he said he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves 
by which to make reconciliation between God and man, but his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption, an everlasting release for us. So the complete redemption that we have is by his own blood. It says verse 14, um, over 13 it says, For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls, uh, with the ashes of a burnt heifer, heifer, or heifer, is sufficient for the purification of the body, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by virtue of his eternal spirit offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God. So again, there is a purification that comes, consciences being cleansed, not by some pie-in-the-sky idea, but it's by the blood. So, so it's so cool to understand that there is a whole system of worship that there was in, 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 implemented um, with the law. And all of that was a set up for Jesus uh, for sin to be perfectly punished in the body of Jesus. So um, Jesus brings the fulfillment of the law. So it says here um, in verse 15, Hebrews 9, it says, Christ the Messiah is therefore the negotiator and mediator of an entirely new agreement, so that those who are called and offer it, offered it may receive the fulfillment of the promised everlasting inheritance. Since a death has taken place, which rescues and delivers and redeems them from the transgressions committed under the old, the first agreement. So the thing that redeems us from the transgressions is a death has taken place, which rescues and delivers and redeems them. So again, the question is, is how real is that death that took place to us? Do we have faith in that sacrifice? Because that is our freedom. Um, and this is a continual thing. Um, we are growing in faith as we hear this word. Um, so, I mean, if you read Hebrews 9, it speaks about, I think it speaks about Moses. Yeah, how he, uh, how when the law was given and, and, and it goes on and it says, and in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the sacred vessels and appliances used in divine worship. In fact, under the law, almost everything is purified by means of blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. So it says, under the law, almost everything is purified by blood. And without the blood, that you cannot, there is no release from sin and its guilt and the remission uh, of, for the punishment of, of sin, so from it. So um, the thing that 
that sets you free from the condemnation, the thing that purifies you, the thing that sets you free from the law is the blood. So the ground of our forgiveness is the sacrifice of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Um, so again, it's, it's so, so powerful. It says in verse 26, it speaks about how he is our great high priest and he doesn't have to um, offer his, himself again and again and again um, like the high priest did with, with blood that was not their own, having to pay for their own sins. He didn't have to do that. He says, uh, it says, therefore, then he would offer, often had to suffer since the foundation of the world. Uh, over and over again. So uh, sorry, but now as it is, now is he has once for all at the consummation and close of the ages appeared to put away and abolish sin by his sacrifice. So again, it's the sacrifice. So the question is, do we trust the sacrifice, or do we trust? us, our works, our righteousness that we try to work out of ourselves. So um, the life is released to us, the, the rest comes to us, the grace comes to us as the trust is in the cross and the trust comes when the cross is real to us and it's the Holy Spirit who really reveals that to us. So this is so powerful. So the cross is the place that that we have access to him. I mean, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, okay? Again, it's 5 verse 17, very well known. It says, therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. So the condition here is being in Christ then you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So um, the, the, the defining clause, the defining factor, factor here is being in Christ. In verse 18 it says, But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ, again, through Jesus Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. So it is through who Jesus is and what he did um, that we have received reconciliation. So it says there, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of restoration to favor. Um, so that's so powerful. Again, it says it was God present in Christ who reconciled us. So the reconciliation comes through Christ. It says in verse 21, For our sake he made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved and acceptable in, and in right relationship with Him by His goodness. 
That's so powerful. So the condition here is faith. Uh, we need to receive Christ. You need to become, you need to be baptized into Christ. You need to die with Christ in baptism and be raised with Him. Now, there is what happened there is the it's basically being born again you die with him you're raised with him and then you get physically baptized uh which is just speaking about that so um that is it's, it's a, a picture it's a it's a an, a prophetic act where you declare this is what happened to me when i believed but when you believe you you die with christ you you're raised to life with him I mean, this this can you can see so so powerfully in um, in Romans six, where it speaks about us dying with Christ. Let me see here, Romans six verse one. It says, "What shall we say to all this? Are we to remain in sin, in order that God's grace may multiply and overflow?" So the, the thing here is grace is actually the power that sets us free from sin. And yes, there is grace if we sin to help us. And he gives us more grace to meet that evil tendency. But there is a better way to get grace and that is by living for others. When you minister to others to um, alleviate their suffering, grace is attracted to your life because God is attracted to that. His grace is on that. So um, that's how, that's the right way. <laughs> Not the right way, but it's, it's, it's a better way <laughs> to access the grace, grace of God. He says, shall we sin so that grace may abound? Of course not. He says, certainly not. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer? So you died to sin. Um, it's not your identity anymore. You died to that nature. So it is... It is, it's not what you're created for. It's not what you are um, called to live in. Um, and, and the thing is, yeah, we access the grace of God by living for others. We access the grace of God through the word. But yeah, so the grace is there to restore us. But the grace is also there to keep us free from sin. So you will not miss out on the grace by not sinning if i can say it like that like there is grace when you sin and that grace is there to restore you but the grace also comes to your life when you're just loving others and serving others and living to minister to others so um, the grace is there for a reason the grace is there to bring the manifestation of the kingdom of god through your life to help you fulfill your your purpose and your destiny and so the grace is the thing that helps you to walk in that place. So the grace restores you. The grace heals you. The grace um, keeps you healed. So, um, so the goal is not to sin as much as you can, to receive as much grace as you can. The goal is to receive as much grace as you can so that you can have as, as big an impact in the world as you can. Um, and the problem with all of those things is the works of the flesh, is it puts your focus on you and trying to deal with your stuff. But when you put the focus on serving others, grace is attracted to that. So, um, so the grace is there to help you get to that place where you just focus for others, but 
now there's other things in your conscience and your awareness and that's what's in your focus so so the more we can receive the grace the sanctification the washing of the word the better um, but if we have sin we have an advocate with the father jesus the righteous and we have his grace again there the advocate is jesus so his blood his sacrifice we have him as a great high priest also spoken about in hebrews so now um, Romans 6, he says, shall we sin so that grace may abound? Of course not. Uh, how can we who died to sin live in it any longer? Okay, so it says in verse 3, um, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So here's the question. Are you ignorant of the fact that you have been baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death. So it says, We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead uh, by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. For if we have become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for, for God. So again it says we were buried with him by baptism into death. So when we received him, there is a, we, it's like the, that is the place where, where we are sort of placed on the cross. Um, the old self is nailed to the cross through baptism. It says here, uh, we have become one with him by sharing a death, death with him. Um, and we, we, are, we shall also be made one with him in his resurrection. So um, we, we have become one with him. That one becoming one is like a husband and wife becoming one. It's the closest possible intimacy. We, we died with him. We were raised with him. There's this union, this um, being one with him, this, this, um, this place where it's you and him together. Um, dying, you share in his death and you share in his resurrection. You are um, joined to him. Okay, so it says in verse 6, We know that our old self was nailed to the cross with him. So again, here it speaks about the freedom from sin. Is us, it says, are you ignorant of the fact? So we need faith. <laughs> and faith comes by hearing. So are we ignorant of the fact that we have died with him? Um, we, we are buried there for, uh, with him. Are we ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? It says we, in verse 6, We know that our old self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin body which is the instrument of sin might be made ineffective and inactive for evil that we might no longer be the slaves of sin 
For when a man dies, he is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So it says here, when a man dies, he is freed from sin. So the, the great thing is, is when you were baptized, you died with Christ. And it's the truth of who you are. Your spirit man is baptized, buried in baptism. You are born again. And your spirit man belongs to God, is in the presence of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit. But also, um, the, the truth, the death we died, uh, is the truth about us. And as we have faith in that, it manifests in our soul. Like, if I believe that I died, if I'm not ignorant of that fact, that then there is a freedom that comes. There is a life that comes. Um, it says that we died with him. And, and so, so when we believe that, that this is what the cross did, this is what the blood did, this is what happened when I was baptized, that is the place where freedom flows from. It says um, that our bodies of sin might be made ineffective, inactive um, for e e evil. So our old self is nailed to the cross. So um, when we act in the opposite way, we are. it's because of believing a lie and living in a manifestation of that lie. Because the truth is that we died with Him. And when we believe that, it says, it says here later, reckon yourself dead to sin. So there is a reckoning. We need to acknowledge who God is. And you know, somewhere else it says, um, it's by, I'm going to paraphrase it completely, but it says that um, we basically acknowledge every good thing that is placed within us. And that is how we actually live. That is the place that we live from. So when I acknowledge my identity in Christ, when that is believed, that, that is accepted, when the sacrifice is accepted, when I accept who God is in me and what He has placed inside of me, and I live from that place, um, and that is, that is where life is manifested, that is where freedom is manifested. So when I acknowledge that I died with Him and that I was raised to life with Him, then there, there is life. So it says, but the point is, it says our old self was nailed to the cross with him. So again, it's, it's, it's saying that the thing that makes our body inactive for sin, that makes us free from sin, when a man dies, he is freed from sin, is the fact that we were nailed to the cross with him in baptism. And so again, the emphasis there is, this is what Christ did, and this is the result of what Christ did. So again, the emphasis always just goes back to the cross, the blood, the forgiveness of sins. And Colossians 2, I think it's Colossians 2, he says, or 1, 1 or 2, he says, uh, In Him, God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son whom He loves, in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins ephesians also says it so the redemption comes through the blood again the freedom the forgiveness um, i can say if on the grounds of the blood of jesus your sins are forgiven 
if you receive that sacrifice. If you have received Jesus as your as the Son of God, as the Lord of your life, and you have said yes to His sacrifice, then you are baptized into Him. Okay? So that is where you share the death with Him, is through baptism into His death. Okay? So through faith. Before that, you are not in Christ. When you believe, when you get born again, you are born again from above. You are baptized into Christ. Then I can, I can declare over you that your sins are completely forgiven on the grounds of the blood of Jesus. Okay, So from God's side, the forgiveness is extended to whoever re will receive it. But it's only applied. It's like soap. Um, Reinhard Bonnke used this example where he said, there's a lot of soap in the world. doesn't mean that everyone is clean. <laughs> so you can decide to use soap. And the blood is like that. That is it's the thing that cleanses you. And you can decide to receive it or not. And so today, if you have received Jesus, I want to declare this over you, that on the grounds of the blood of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus flowed for you. Um, Jesus took the punishment that you deserved. Okay, Isaiah 53 says, The punishment, the chastisement that brought us peace was on Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Romans 5 says, Therefore, having been justified through faith, let us grasp the fact, let us understand that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I declare you free and forgiven by the blood of Jesus. I speak the blood over your conscience and I, I, I declare you forgiven in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, and thank you for your blood. Thank you for your grace. And um, yeah, right now I just want to pray with you. I, I pray, Lord Jesus, that the reality of what you did on the cross will be so real to us. That it will be the greatest thing in our hearts, God. It will weigh the most in our hearts. It, it will have the most value, more than whatever we've ever done. That we will exalt your sacrifice and not our um, sin, God. That your sacrifice will be highly exalted and then we will live from that place in jesus name amen awesome lastly if you haven't received the sacrifice this is the life that's available to you being made righteous being made right with god restored to communion and fellowship with him if you'd like to receive that just pray with me right now just say lord jesus come into my life Forgive all of my sins. I have sinned and I receive your blood that washes away all my sin and fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, I pray, I pray that that reality of eternal life will touch your life. Um, you be filled with the Holy Spirit even right now as you're listening. You experience the power of God and the grace of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. This word blessed me. Just sharing it. So, um, yeah, may you be blessed and have an amazing day.